my name is Bill. I'm the dad of this group. Um, from Proverbs uh, 4, uh, 23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So it's best if I just give you some background of why I picked this verse. Um, I went down, well, actually, I think, let's see, in 2009, I was supposed to go to Belize, and I wasn't able to because I had shoulder surgery. Um, Then I thought I was going to go the next year, and then I couldn't go again because I still had rehab to do on my arm. And then in 2011, in the middle of some family crisis that we had, just losing our home, having money issues. Um, God led us to, um, through Lanny and Dot, um, a family that had done missions in Nigeria for 30 years. And Lanny and I thought we were going to go that summer. But God said, no, not now. We... Um, Lanny had some health issues, I had some health issues, um, and then I got to school, and school was awesome, I loved it, and I loved all the teaching and the, just the environment that I was in, but I began to turn off my heart, and began to block it out, because I figured if I feel my heart, it's going to just get me hurt, so I decided to shut it off. And I would probably be willing to say that it didn't open up until... I got to Africa, and uh, I was sharing with my friend Tyler about one of the, my favorite night that when I was in Africa was, and this will be the only, one of the only stories that I'll tell you here, but um, I was sitting outside, and it was, it's their winter season right now, so lots of rain, like thunder that will shake this whole sanctuary, and lightning everywhere. And so I'm sitting outside, and I had just finished the book, um, The Sacred Romance, by John Eldridge. And if you're not familiar with that book, it talks about ways that God romances you. That God is not a safe lover, he's a wild lover. And it talked about different ways that God romanced me. And one of the ways that he romanced me is through rain. Any type of water. Water, I can just connect. Whenever I hear water, if I'm at the ocean, whatever the case may be. And... I was sitting out there and it just starts raining really hard. And everyone went inside and I'm just sitting out there and it's pouring rain. I'm getting covered in water. I look like I just jumped in a swimming pool. And all of a sudden, I just bust out at the top of my lungs and start singing worship songs. And I'm singing loud as if there's no one there. It's just me out there singing. And... So I start singing and singing louder and louder, and then I got distracted. My thoughts kind of went in another place, and just as I got distracted, thunder went, like that. And so I was like, oh, okay, uh, I'll pay attention. I'm back zoned in. (laughs) Um, And then I'm singing again, and, and then I started going to that place where my heart was hard of, don't open it. You're gonna get hurt. Your heart's no good. Why did God give me this big heart? And I went to that place that we can all relate to, of that place where our head just starts taking off. 
And so I went into that point, and then at that point, the loudest thunder that I've ever heard went off. Because I had just said, God, I don't really trust you, and I don't know what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, loud, and I'm like, okay, I guess, I'm, I guess that's your answer to me. So I refocused, and I'm sitting in there, and then I start praying, and I just keep saying over and over and over again, I surrender, I surrender, open my heart, open my heart, I take it, I don't want it, take it. And I just kept saying it, and I prayed that for, I was out there for a long time, <laughs> and I stopped praying, and the minute that I stopped praying, and I felt like a release, the rain stopped. And from that moment on, and that was the last week of the trip, so God had been stirring in the pot and brewing all of this to getting me to the point where I would realize that my wellspring was dry. And this is the last week of the trip, and all of a sudden, joy the verse came to mind, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And it was uncontainable joy to the point where, and if you've ever been to, um, if you've ever been to Africa or an African church, they are very exuberant and joyful during worship. They, when they're praying, they're screaming as loud as they can. When they're singing, they're, they're singing really loud. And all of a sudden, I started doing that during the worship service. And, it was, and I didn't realize how hard my heart had became, even to the call that it was, because through the process, I, Lanny was supposed to go, my friend Aaron was supposed to go, my friend George was supposed to go, to the fourth person a week before leaving, my sister comes. So the call, I mean, obviously... Um, we secretly have, we secretly love each other, but we're going to tell you we don't like each other. So, um, (laughs) but, so I went through four different name changes of people coming, uh, three, a two and a half year period of not being able to go. Then we had to deal with airlines thing. I don't think Connie's at her internship right now, but Connie worked around the clock for us to get the airlines to switch tickets to be able to switch names without having us have to pay too much. So, um, and I, I just, one of the things that I, and this, I'm a baseball player, so I'll try and explain this, but I tend to look at things that God throws at me at curveballs. He throws a lot of curveballs at me. And if you've ever played baseball, the only way you can hit them is if you wait on them and you hit them the other way. Because if you try and just swing and hit it out of the park, you're not going to hit it. And God really was tossing a lot of curveballs at me when it came to this trip to the point to where I just didn't want anything to do with it and I was just like, it's, I'm never gonna get there. I don't know why you gave me this call. It's not really working. And <laughs> through that process, it was God just continually saying, slow down. If I tell you something, it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen in my timing. Um, God said, you will go to Africa. He didn't give me a time. I would have liked a more timely manner, but I didn't get that. But the point was that I got there. 
Now, I will be honest with you, the process leading to it, I really wanted nothing to do with that call. I wanted to go on an adventure, but I didn't want to go in the circumstances that I was going. I didn't want to have to wait. I didn't want to have to um, not really have a service project to do there because it was raining all the time. Um, so I really wrestled with that call of wondering, like, am I ever going to get there? And I put a lot of the week leading up to it, I had a lot of emotions. It was safe to say I was on an roller co- emotional roller coaster of just anger and frustration of why is these things happening? What, why are things changing? What is going on? And God really ministered me to me in the morning during my devotions in the morning. And he really ministered to me saying like, you need you're, a critical spirit is what is in you. You've, I, I embedded in you since you were born a joyful spirit. Where did your joy go in my call, in this waiting process? You're critical of me, you're critical of circumstances, you're critical of the airlines, you're just critical. <laughs> and obviously that's not easy to hear from God, and I didn't really like it, but I had became critical of the call rather than joyful of the call. All because there was a couple curveballs tossed in there, and because I had to wait, and because I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And sooner or later, through being in this environment, being in Africa, and really learning from them the devotion that they have to Christ, and how so much of their devotion is based on their joy of the Lord is their strength. Learning that, and this is in baseball terms, I began to start getting fastballs. They're straight, they don't move. They don't move all over the place, they don't go in the dirt, they don't move. They're easy to hit. They're just straight. And then I started getting in the environment and that joy started coming back and then I started hitting these. Then I started every pitch that was coming the way I hit, whether it was um, doing a Bible study with the, the youth when we were there or sitting in the rain for a half an hour getting completely wet just so I can have the healing that was necessary. And so I became, I started getting fastballs. And I've always really liked fastballs because they're easy to hit. I like them. And once again, that joy came back. But going back to the wellspring of life, I didn't realize how dry my wellspring was. It had completely, it, it was out of water. Now, I would be willing to say that on the outside, it looked like my wellspring was was full of water and full of fruit and it was prospering. But if you were my roommate <laughs> or very close to me or inside my heart, you would have saw a desert, an oasis, nothing. Not 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 nothing in God. I still I didn't have any faith problems with that, but nothing in the heart. It had all moved from the heart and moved up here to where that critical spirit that I got was what was the only thing that would show when people would 
challenge me or whatever the case may be. So I had lost that, that joy in shepherding. That I had lost the wellspring. And one of the days when I was in Africa, there was a devotion that I was doing in the afternoon. And it was talking about, um, it was focusing on John 4, where it talks about, you know, come to me all who, who are thirsty. Or, no, that's, just kidding. John 4 is the fountain. There we go. That was the well. I knew it had to do with water. Sorry. <laughs> um, the well. And God was ministering to me and saying, your well is dry. You don't know it. Or you're choosing not to feel it. But your well is dry. You're walking to, and, and now looking back on it, I can totally see where my heart was at in the state that it was at. Because I would walk with my broken cistern. I would fill the water. And then I'd walk all the way back to where I was going. And then by the time I get there, there'd be no water in my cistern. And then I'd have to walk back to there, fill it again, walk back, fill it again. And that day, I was praying and God just, just like the woman, God just leave it. Leave the cistern. Like go. Like leave it there. You don't need it. And at that point, I made, I through a lot of just praying, I got the confidence to leave that cistern. Did I willingly give it up or did I want to or whatever the case may be? No, I, but I had, at that point, I had the confidence that I could leave that because God had answered the call and that God was faithful. And the reason that I picked Proverbs 4.23 is because it says above all else, Guard your heart. It's not when you have the time, guard your heart, or when you want to, guard your heart. It's above all else. And I had lost that. All because the call seemed a little scary. It seemed like it had some curveballs and it didn't seem like it was going to happen. But when the call was fulfilled, I really realized that God was the one guarding my heart the whole time. I was tainting it and polluting it. But in this time of process leading to the call and answering it, God was guarding it. And he was continually asking, do you trust me with your heart? Do you trust me with your heart? Do you trust me with your heart? And the reason that I think I didn't go and the call took so long is because my answer was no up until the moment when a day before leaving with my sister and going at that point. Because at that point, my answer was yes to the call. My outside said yes, but my inside said no. So that's, <laughs> that's really all I have to say. Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. And if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen and allow him to be the joy of your, to be the joy of your heart most importantly so thank you too many things for woodbury's today um, i'm linda uh, woodbury i'm uh, jack and Rory's mom and a proud mama today. Um, I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And that's what Rory's chosen. 
um, Paul says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. And here's where we're. Thank you, Mom. All right. Um, Part of the reason why I chose this verse was that, for me, I'm someone who's very independent, and I like to do things on my strength. And for most of my life, I've done everything that has been safe, everything that I could receive an award for, or I could get a gold star, or any way that I could pat myself on the back for the good job I did. So when God put on my heart that uh, I was to go to Nigeria, I didn't like that call. And um, in honesty, it wasn't even me who thought that I should go. I remember coming home from my school ministry class, and Jack told me his friend couldn't go on the trip. And I said, oh, well, who do you think's going to go? And uh, he looked at me with this goofy grin and said, you. And I was like, no, no, I, I, sorry. I'm not available. Like, I was like, <laughs> I, I told him, I said, you know, I'd like to go to Africa, just not now. This isn't a good time. Like, it's not my plan. I, I didn't have this planned, I, you know? And like Jack said, we had more than a week before I was going to go, but it was about a month. And for the controller that I am, a month is not a long enough time to get in my mind that I'm going halfway across the world for a whole month to this different country to be with these different people to do things completely out of my comfort zone I didn't like it. I was like, God, what are you doing? I don't want to do this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and like Jack said, you know, we, we spent most of our time ministering to the people and really them ministering to us. And, and that was huge. I love that. Like, just the value that they put on, on spending time with each other, whether it was how long that they spend talking to each other at church or going to people's houses and just sitting there and talking with them. I think... In a lot of ways, we in America, we've lost that value of spending time with people. We, we see them in passing as we're running from our activities, but we, we've lost that ability to communicate, to just sit down and have a cup of coffee or have a conversation with someone. So that was something that I really took away from the trip. Um, like I said, I really I didn't have a desire to go, and even leading up to getting on the plane, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't scared. If I was still was feeling like, God, why, why am I going? What's my purpose? I like to feel that I have a reason for what I'm doing. And I'm sure some of you can relate that you feel that sometimes God calls you to something and you don't know why and, and you don't know what your purpose is. But I can tell you that once you get there, you'll see what that purpose is. Um, for me, worship is something that's huge to me, singing songs. And while I was there, I spent a lot of time singing with the children and that, that was wonderful to get to do that because um, they speak English, but they also speak their tribal language. So sometimes communication was a little off, and you had to really focus to understand what they were saying, and they had to really focus to understand what we were saying. And, but when you sang, we were one. It didn't, it didn't matter like, about that. So we could lift up our voices and praise God, and, and that was wonderful to be able to do that, to be able to lift up my voice and sing songs with them and to praise God for who he is. Um, when I got there, there were still a lot of moments that I felt inadequate. 
that I felt as though I, I didn't really know what I was doing there. But I, I thank you for all the prayers that people lifted up that I was strengthened because of your prayers, because I really was weak. And, and that really, I can tell you, was one of the first times I've done something where I felt weak, where I didn't have, I didn't have the strength of myself because it was really hard to be somewhere else. I'm sorry, to not be with my family, to not be with my friends, but God strengthened me. So I hope that's an encouragement to you that even when you feel like, God, I can't do this, know that, that he will equip you, that he will strengthen you, that it will be on his strength, that he will give you a new family. Um, if you see, we have pictures out in the narthex, and they're pictures of our family, that, that God gave us a new family, a greater family. And that took opening my heart to them, too. Um, so that was really huge. Wow, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I really found that, that God gave me more power than I thought I had. And that was because it wasn't my power. It was, it was God's power. A verse that I really like that um, is actually on the school that I'll be transferring into at Biola University on one of their buildings. It says in Zechariah 4.6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And it is, it's by his spirit. It's not by my power or my might or my strength, but it's by God strengthening me. So if there's places that, that God is calling you to, it doesn't have to be to Africa. It, doesn't even, it could be just right outside these doors, maybe helping with good news ministry. Maybe it's something in this church, maybe in your neighborhood, that God's been tugging at your heart. I encourage you to listen uh, to follow God's leading because you will be rewarded for that. You will see how much God will strengthen you, that he will instill in you a spirit of joy, like Jack talked about, that he will show you those things. And sometimes it's just about saying yes. You may not know why you're saying yes until you actually get there. But I found once I got there that, that there was a reason for me to be there. And I think most of the reason for me to be there was just to learn. It was just to sit at people's feet and to, to listen and to, to learn from other people that it wasn't so much about what I had to give these people, but more of what they had to give to me. And I feel that when I left, I have so much more peace than I did. I mean, it says in Isaiah 26.3 that you will keep a perfect peace, you whose mind is steadfast because you trust in him. And that's something that really stood out to me that, that uh, to have more peace to not be so anxious about everything, to not be so concerned, but to trust, to trust that I will keep in perfect peace if I keep my mind on God. And I've seen that my decisions have been so much better since coming home that I've taken that spirit with me, that I've taken that peace with me uh, that, I didn't have, that I didn't have prior. So I just want to thank you all for the way that, that you lifted um, Jack and I up. It was an amazing experience. It was an amazing chance to get to bond with my brother, we spent a lot of time getting to, to reconnect, to get to spend time talking and praying and learning from each other. Um, as adults, it's, it's different learning how to talk to your brother as an adult, to not look at him as your little brother, but to learn that, that he has valuable things to share with me and I have valuable things to share with him. So that was part of the process too, was learning how to, to listen to each other. Sometimes that's hard, but to, to learn how to do that, it was, it was good to learn how to be able to do that. And to have the support of all of you as we were there was very valuable, too. So we thank you.